Welcome to the World Beyond the Tale, the Page a Day American Gods podcast. I'm your host, James, and today we're reading page 67. Eventually, he was finished. He put his pen away, put the folder on the back seat. The best thing about the states we're heading for, said Wednesday, Minnesota, Wisconsin, all around there, is it has the kind of women I liked when I was younger. Pale-skinned and blue-eyed, hair so fair it's almost white, wine-colored lips and round, full breasts with the veins running through them like a good cheese. Only when you were younger? asked Shadow. Looked like you were doing pretty good last night. Yes, Wednesday smiled. Would you like to know the secret of my success? You pay them? Nothing so crude. No, the secret is charm, pure and simple. Charm, huh? Well, like they say, you either got it or you ain't. Charms can be learnt, said Wednesday. So where are we going? asked Shadow. There's an old friend of mine we need to talk to. He's one of the people who will be coming to the get-together. Old man now. He's expecting us for dinner. They drove north and west toward Chicago. Whatever's happening with Laura, said Shadow, breaking the silence. Is it your fault? Did you make it happen? No, said Wednesday. Like the kid in the car asked me. Would you tell me if it was? I'm as puzzled as you are. Shadow turned the radio to an oldie station and listened to songs that were current before he was born. Bob Dylan sang about a hard rain that was going to fall, and Shadow wondered if that rain had fallen yet, or if it was something that was still going to happen. The road ahead of them was empty, and the ice crystals on the asphalt glittered like diamonds in the morning sun. Chicago happened slowly, like a migraine. First they were driving through countryside, then, imperceptibly, the occasional town became a low suburban sprawl, and the sprawl became the city. They parked outside a squat black brownstone. The sidewalk was clear of snow. They walked to the lobby. Wednesday pressed the top butt. <laughs> and that's our page. On the page, Wednesday starts to seem gross. He's, if we don't know that he's the American iteration of Odin, despite the fact that the book has hinted pretty heavily that he is. He's a lecherous old man who likes young blonde women with large breasts. There's nothing inherently wrong with it, but just the way he talks about the women. Ugh. As a small aside, though, did you know that the veins and blue cheeses are literal spores of mold? I didn't. Shadow may not be as stupid as he looks, because he pointedly asked Wednesday if he's responsible for what's happening with Laura. And it's odd because Shadow kind of maintains his ignorance over the supernatural events that are happening to him, wow, for I think another 40 or 50 pages. Things definitely occur with more regularity as we go on here, but Shadow doesn't take note of the giant leprechaun. I guess it's not that he doesn't take note of it, he just seems to ignore it because of his ability to not his ability, because of his inability to grasp things of a supernatural nature. So perhaps I've been underestimating Shadow? It's a common enough occurrence for various characters in the book, and when the characters in the book underestimate Shadow, things don't tend to work out too well for them. Or maybe it's just because Wednesday was so ready to believe what was going on that he didn't really ask too many questions about are you sure or other things. He was more just asking to confirm that she wasn't a ghost, that she was actually corporeal, as it were. 
Here on the page, we get mention of Wednesday's charms, and that's a literal thing. It's also that he's charming, because he is, but Odin himself learned a number of charms hanging from the world tree, and the 16th of these is to be able to change any woman's heart to him. The page also includes a, well, I was going to say an indirect reference, but it's pretty direct. Uh, Bob Dylan, A Hard Rain's Are Gonna Fall, from the 1963 album The Freewheeling Bob Dylan. Where black is the color, where none is the number. And I'll tell it and speak it and think it and breathe it. And reflect from the mountains so all souls can see it. And I'll stand on the ocean until I start sinking. The album also contains Masters of War, which we previously discussed when we were talking about Nottoman Town. So I picked the clip here that I did because the phrase, none is the number, will become important in about 40 pages. I believe this is a, a nod to that in advance. It could also just be a weird coincidence, but we can talk about that more when we get there to the House on the Rock and such. For now, just keep it in mind. Interesting to that in discussing the song Dylan stated you become aware of nothing but a culture of feeling of black days of schism evil for evil the common destiny of the human being getting thrown off course it's all one long funeral song and that definitely fits the story as we're going the the schism the evil for evil common destiny of the human being getting thrown off course where the humans are almost like puppets or dolls to the gods but as Sandman was quick to remind us at the end of the Doll's House arc, the gods are as much at the mercy of humans as the humans are of the gods, especially because once the humans stop believing and stop worshiping, the gods are going to disappear. Also think it was interesting that um, Shadow considers a hard rain and considers if the rain has fallen yet, and I think that's a legitimate question as uh, if we were going to be discussing it in a counterculture or a resistance sort of way. But it also ties back into the theme of the storm that we're be getting a lot of hints at. And the storm doesn't really pass until the end of the novel. It's There's always this this metaphorical storm hanging over the characters. So even though we've had, we've had you know, Laura and Robbie's death, and we've had the minor snowstorm maybe it would be even a much a bit much to call it a snowstorm just the the flurries the the larger storm both the literal and the metaphorical have not occurred yet chicago happens slowly like a migraine is one of the best lines in the whole novel it's a little early to call it right now but it may even be the best line in the whole book i'll I'll have to make notes of my favorite lines, though. I don't know that it's the best, but it is pretty darn good. Finally, uh, the word brownstone is used often to describe buildings, especially in cities like New York and Chicago. It's one of those many things that I've seen before and then never really questioned. It literally describes the buildings that are made out of brown stones, but it more specifically refers to a type of sandstone taken from quarries throughout the United States and also sometimes in the United, in the United Kingdom. 
Some of the more productive quarries were found in Wisconsin, Pennsylvania, Connecticut, and New Jersey. I don't have a connection to the story as a whole, but it was one of those things that I finally decided to look up and see why they were called brownstones, and then I thought I would share it with you, the people. Get in touch with us at theworldbeyondthetale at gmail.com and on Twitter at worldbeyondpod. Thank you to Julian Granganage for his version of St. James Infirmary Blues, which we use as our theme song. And thank you for listening. I'll be back tomorrow with another page, and remember, only the gods are real.